Voice of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Do thank you for listening to our show today. Also, thank you those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. And also thanking those listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn the ways to avoid being a victim of cyber scams. So stay to this show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, May the 28th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Kiel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the June issue of The Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations beginning on June 1st. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy, you can always visit our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the 2022 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Do make plans to attend the 2022 Health and Wellness Expo that will take place next Saturday, June the 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the State Fairgrounds Agricultural Building located at 3701 Hudson Street in Shreveport. This expo is proudly sponsored by the Caddo Council on Aging. Of course, it will be free admission, lots of door prizes, lots of giveaways, lunch provided to the first 75 attendees, some entertainment, educational presentations, blood pressure check, information about senior services. Uh, in addition, these these 20 plus vendors will provide you with information about their products and services. In addition, if you come a little bit early, beginning at 9 a.m., the Best of Times Radio Hour will be broadcasting live from this Health and Wellness Expo at the State Fairgrounds. For more information about the Expo, do call 318-676-7900. Again, that's 318-676-7900. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Tenant Country Rest Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abear's Tending Country, a Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, it's Miss Lisa Plagermeyer. 
Is that how is that how you pronounce it? Yep, you got it right, Plagemeyer. With the National Cybersecurity Alliance, who's going to be on our show today to provide us some information on ways to avoid being a victim of cyber scams. So thank you, Lisa, for taking time today to join our radio show to educate all of us out there. So first well, of all, what me. what is National Cybersecurity Alliance? So we're a nonprofit based in D.C. I'm I'm actually in Austin, Texas. So these days, it seems like you can work from anywhere. Um, <laughs> we are partially funded by uh, a, a part of the Department of Homeland Security called the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. CISA. That sounds very uh, intimidating and scary, but that's really uh, just a, a part of the Department of Homeland Security that focuses on on cybersecurity and cybercrime, all kinds of cyber issues. We're partially grant-funded by them, and then uh, we get funding from board member companies and a lot of great organizations that support our mission. So the purpose of the alliance is to? Is to educate people on uh, cyber threats, cyber scams. Um, We were actually the founders of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which happens every October. But the, our purpose is, is to empower a more secure, interconnected world. The, uh, the Unfortunately, the Internet was never designed to be secure. <laughs> it's designed to be wide open. And so what that means is uh, it's kind of let the buyer beware. We have to look after ourselves and um, our own activity online and uh, using social media and all those things. Uh, we have to take the onus on ourselves. To, to make sure we're using technology securely. Well, Lisa, I did look up some information about your organization and the alliance is pretty pretty awesome. You have a fantastic website. I'll tell listeners it's called staysafeonline.org. Is that correct? That's right. I call it the world's best URL, staysafeonline.org. And it uh, has a lot of resources, a lot of information for businesses as well as individuals, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some of those aspects on there as well. So what's your background? So my background is actually sales and marketing, believe it or not. I am not a technologist. So I empathize completely with everybody who, who struggles with technology and who, who watches how fast it's, it's moving and tries to race to keep up because I'm in that boat too. <laughs> um, I used to work in, in marketing for Ford Motor Company, spent some time in, in Europe with them. And then, um, then I worked for a technology company, an automotive technology company. And that company just happened to have half a billion consumer records. So we wow. had social security numbers, driver's license numbers, all those things. And we um, we belonged to the big payroll company, ADP. And, um, and so we had a pretty good security program because it was provided by, you know, the parent company, ADP, where you're just a few clicks away from billions of dollars of payroll money. And, um, and then we got spun off from ADP in 2014, and that's when... Uh, we started doing thought leadership around security issues because uh, stuff was starting to get dicey. You know, the, the, there was a, a Jeep hack that happened on, on television. Um, some hackers managed to remote control a, a Jeep vehicle. Oh, yes. And um, Nissan, yeah, you might remember that. Oh, Nissan suffered a data breach. Yeah. So I started working with the security team doing thought leadership pieces and speaking engagements and things like that on security, and I, I just got bit, bit by the bug. I, I am, cybersecurity is really a, a fascinating field. It's moving very quickly. Um, and so then when we were spun off from ADP, I joined the security team full-time, and I haven't, I haven't looked back. 
what what motivates me to, to get up every day and, and to, to work in this space is that I continue to see a really big chasm, a communication gap between what cybersecurity professionals know to be the war that they're fighting all day, every day, uh, and the rest of us. The, the general public and people like my mom and my kids and, and those of us who, who go about our day or run our businesses without realizing that there's kind of this war going on behind the scenes. And um, and so as a marketer and communicator, my my um, what really motivates me is to help bridge that gap. So I really appreciate you having me on today so we can clear up some of these, some of the confusion around um, how these things happen and, and um empower people with some education so that they can feel good when they're using technology. It's definitely interest of my, my many, many radio listeners as well as the readers of my monthly publication. So how would you describe the current cybersecurity landscape regarding seniors? Um, well, I mean, really for all of us, it's, it's kind of like, you know, we're all out there playing our, playing in traffic every day trying not to get in a car. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's kind of a wild, wild west on the internet still. Um, I would say particularly for seniors, like the, the extra when I, you know, I'm, I'm over 50 myself and I have aging parents. And I think for them in particular, uh, it's just trying to keep up with how quickly technology is moving because as soon as you introduce um, a new social media platform, a new piece of hardware, like a new device, you know, maybe it's an IoT device, an Internet of Things device in your house, um, or a, a refrigerator connected to the Internet, or a thermostat connected to the Internet. As soon as we introduce all these new products and services that we all get excited to use, um, there's somebody probably on the other side of the world who's figuring out how to abuse it and how to misuse it to take advantage of us. And so companies, technology companies have to get a lot better at bringing things to market that are more resilient, that are more resistant to being abused. And then we have to struggle to keep up with the best ways to use these things um, in ways that, that we can't be taken advantage of. I mean, one really simple example is changing the default password on, on a device. You know, if... if uh, I mean, gives you a smart device as a, as a gift for your home and, you know, Alexa or one of these things, or uh, you buy a new router for your home internet, uh, chances are there's a default password that, that comes with the user manual, comes with the instructions, and a lot of people just never change those. And unfortunately, a lot of those you can just Google, you know, what's the, the name of the router, the, the model number of the router, and Google, you know, what is the default password for that router, and it's going to pop up on the Internet. Wow. So, um, really was not aware of that. that. Was not aware of that, that that's Google. <laughs> that is something. But that's a helpful hint for all of my listeners out there. I know a lot of people think that, hey, if the company designed it, they must be unique for that particular item. They Maybe they thought when I ordered it or got it at Best Buy or wherever, it, it was specially designed for me. So I have to worry about reinventing the, the, the strong password. Right, right. Well, that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, yes, I... I'm, I, what I want to comment is more and more seniors and boomers my age and much older than me, I'm 72, uh, are getting into technology, mainly because their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids are, or, or, I hate to say this, forcing them to so they can be in contact via email, via 
uh, FaceTime, via their new Apple phone or whatever. So what what I've been seeing in some of my senior friends and readers and listeners telling me that they're excited and likewise you're, I, I tell them got to be careful uh, about those emails, right? You just don't click on them. If they say download right. this particular item, you get in trouble, right? So explain. Yeah, I mean, my, my mom is the same. She's very enthusiastic about using technology and she's an optimist at heart. <laughs> and that's really important. That's probably why she's lived as long as she has is because she's got a positive outlook on life and is an optimist. But you need to have a little bit of healthy skepticism about these things, right? You don't have to be paranoid. You just have to have some healthy skepticism. So what you're referring to are phishing emails. Those can actually be um, in the form of an email. They can be what we call phishing, which is voice phishing. Those are the phone calls that you get. They can be smishes, which is a SMS fish or a text that you that you get that's actually fishy. Um, and they're all using language that has usually a sense of urgency in it or something that either sounds too good to be true or is impersonating a family member of yours. You know, hey, it's your great-granddaughter. I'm stuck in the third world country and need you to wire me money. Oh, something yeah. like that, or pretending to be the IRS or another government agency, um, or there's a, a you know a fishy email that comes that makes it through your the email filters. So all the main email providers like Gmail and what have you, they all work really hard to make sure those things don't get through. But here's the problem: there's millions and millions and millions of those things being sent every day, and so if if Gmail security is right 99.9% of the time and doesn't let those through to your inbox, and I'm not talking about spam, I'm not talking about marketing spam, I'm talking about actual malicious email, if even a tenth of a percent gets through, you're still going to get one in your inbox occasionally. And so it's really important um, to look at the sender address. Oftentimes the sender address looks a little wonky, doesn't look like the person um, that, it, that it's purporting to be from. Look at any links that are in the email. Just hover over the link, and you can, if it's a if it's a shortened link, and if you hover over it, you'll see the full the full URL, and you can ask yourself, does that really look like my bank, or look like you know whoever it's purporting to be? And if you're in doubt at all, um, don't click, don't respond, don't call any number that's in that email. So if I'm I'm pretending to be your bank. I'm a bad guy, and I I I know what, for example, Bank of America's email template looks like. And so I'm going to send out an email to you that looks just like a Bank of America email. But I'm going to put my phone number in there so that if you have any questions, I can just answer the phone and pretend I'm Bank of America. Um, maybe that link takes you to a page, if you were to click on it, takes you to a page that looks just like the Bank of America website. And it's maybe has some uh, malware that gets downloaded to your machine um, while you're on that page or you know it has a phone number on there that actually comes to me the bad guy it isn't really Bank of America so the thing to do then in that case say you get a I got one the other day I got a fake Bank of America text to my phone and they don't know that I'm a, they don't even necessarily have to know who I bank with they're just they're just taking a chance. <laughs> so, so, Lisa, I know my listeners out there. My listeners out there are asking this question: How do they get our email address and telephone number, or our uh, telephone number to text us, our cell phone number? 
do these scammers like buy lists or they know I just bought a new computer and I had to sign up with an email to get whatever software application, et cetera? Is that how they get that? Do they yeah, just automatically generate, you know, a, a an email address and somebody may receive it? We have to consider our email addresses as, as phone book information. It is readily, our email addresses are readily available to anybody who wants them. There's um, services that sell that information for legitimate purposes, like, you know, maybe uh, marketing or what have you. But uh, in this day and age, you have to assume that just like you could, you know, back in the day, pick up the white pages and or the yellow pages and figure out the address and the phone number of my business or my home, all, all that information is readily available. I, I do want to make one really important point. If you get one of these phishing emails or a text to your phone and you think it is, you know, really is, you know, say it's a fraud alert, it looks like a fraud alert from your bank, don't call the number that's in the email or the text. Call the number that you know to be the number for that organization. Good advice. Go that, navigate to their website yourself. You know, don't ever click on the link. If you're, if you're tempted to think, because oftentimes they'll, they'll come across as phony uh, fraud alerts on your credit card or something or your bank account. And so you're really tempted right in that moment. You're really tempted to click. Um, but don't click. <laughs> log on to your account the way you normally log on to your account or call your bank or call the credit card to say, I got this thing. Is this really from you? That's the way to make sure. Yeah, that's a great advice because I've had, uh, I've gone out of country and sometimes I, when I go out of country, my credit card sends me a fraud alert when I'm out of country, and then I, I'm thinking, why? We, we suspect there's a fraud activity on your credit card, Mr. Caligas, so please say yes or no to this particular charge. And then I, I'm thinking to myself, how do I know that's legit? So I generally, right. call, I generally call it, just like you do, I want to advise everybody, there's a number on the back of your card. You call it either internationally or or local, or you know, within the United States or whatnot, and it, they'll pick up, and you tell them I got a possible fraud alert, and they, they take, they you get to skip a lot of steps, so it goes right to somebody. And uh, I just recently had one when I was in uh, Mexico, and and I called the number, and, and she says yes, uh, we suspect that there was an activity of using your card, and uh, she said, did you use this? I said yes, I did, and. We just wanted to make sure that you were there, and you were there in Mexico with the card. <laughs> I said, well, thank right. you very much. So then they released the whatever it's called, the, the security hold on that particular card, and it made me feel good. So, uh, so right. But, that, but, but it, yeah, you're right, Lisa. It does, look, it does look a little unusual sometimes when you get those, and you, get the, you occasionally get emails and even calls left on your phone that you need to second thought. That's a great way. But I like, I like the, that you brought up the fact some of these scammers are so professional, they make look, they look like there's a software update. I, I, I remember, uh, I can't remember the software that I got. I got an email. You must, you must uh, complete this form out with the following information because we need to send you a software update. And I said, right. why would they do that? And it looks just like the... And so I, I did, of course, I did. My son is a techie person, and, and uh, he says, never do that, Dad. They're out fishing for your information. And sure enough, they were. So then I went to some, I think it's called Spam Checker, and I listed some of the information on that on that email. It said, nope, that's fraudulent. Glad you didn't click it. 
<laughs> so, uh, but hold yeah, up. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the Nigerian prince anymore, right? It used oh, to be yeah. these. When we would get phishing emails 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they looked really scammy and they were full of misspellings. <laughs> and the, if, they, if there were any graphics in there, the graphics didn't look quite right. But they've hired graphic artists and they've hired native speakers of English. And, and now these things are super, super convincing. Wow. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, work more sponsors and advertisers who do make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Abears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers Tenning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Miss Lisa Plagermeyer with the National Cyber Security Alliance, and she's giving us some information on ways to avoid being a victim of cyber scams. So thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So what are some of the biggest threats that seniors and boomers are particularly facing? Well, I think as far as some of the things we've already talked about, like phishing emails and uh, malicious texts and phone calls, things like that, um, actually, seniors, because we've uh, worked really hard our whole lives and saved up, uh, we're actually targeted more for scams that involve large sums of money. And those are typically things like romance scams, mortgage scams. Maybe you you saved up, you're buying your forever home, your your uh, you know the, the last house that you think you're you're ever gonna uh, be purchasing and. And uh, you're excited about it, and you get an email that looks like it's coming from your um, mortgage broker or title company that says, you know, oh, we've changed our wiring instructions. Please send the money here instead. You know, those tend to be very large sums of money. Um, same thing with romance scams. So, in general, younger people get they fall for things more frequently. They're very quick to click on things, and they they get scammed in higher numbers. But oh. they have less assets. They have less. <laughs> they have less to lose. And so, um, older folks tend to be. If you look at the data from the FBI and from our own research, um, older folks tend to be a little more suspicious, a little bit slower to click on things. You know, not don't fall for that sense of urgency as as much. But um, but when we are scammed, because we have greater assets, we have more to lose. And. Um, especially romance scams. And and I know you hear about these things maybe on television or you read about it and you think, you know, boy, who falls for these things? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, yeah, um, it's not about how, how being smart, right? It's not about being, like, too intelligent to fall for these things, right? Um, I recently was talking to a Secret Service agent who was telling me about a case of an attorney, a very smart woman, practiced law for 20 years or more, and uh, she had gone, just gone through a difficult battle with cancer and a difficult divorce all at the same time. She was emotionally vulnerable. It's about that vulnerability. And if you think about, um, you know, a cyber criminal who's looking for a potential victim, um, you know, they're going to look at obituaries. They're going to look at uh, people's social media posts. 
So they're doing a lot of reconnaissance. They're doing a lot of research, and they're using technology to do that research so that they can do it quickly and efficiently. And they're trying to find people that are emotionally vulnerable at the moment. And, um, you know, they'll contact you either, either, um, they can abuse a dating app. They can, they can be on a legitimate dating app, but it's breaking all the rules of being on that dating app. Um, they can reach out on social media, on Facebook or, or what have you, uh, telling you that they're sorry for your loss or, um, saying, oh, this is your old friend from elementary school. Don't you remember me? Um, they will make up whatever scenario. And um, we all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. Uh, we all want companionship. And so when you're at a vulnerable uh, place in your life, um, these folks can really take advantage of you. And I, I think um, I think really the onus is on all of us around that person, right? Do we have a friend who we think is lonely, you know, a friend that lives alone or somebody who's just been through a great loss, a divorce or a death? And um, it's really up to us as their friends and family members to look out for them and make sure they, they're, they're not falling for a, a scam like this. These scams can take 6 to 12 months to play out. These scammers are patient. They will work their victim over for, for 6 to 12 months before they'll even ask them for a dime. Oh. Um, they'll, they'll really convince these victims that this really is a loving relationship. Um, but it can often end very badly, and so those are those to me are the most heartbreaking because you're taking advantage of somebody who's really vulnerable at the moment. Yeah, and you're right about how they may bait you and learning something. I've actually got some of these in years past. I mean, even even more recently, that they said, you know. Uh, I, I know some person, this person that emailed me or didn't uh, probably fictitious names that I noticed that all your kids are grown and have grandkids. Don't, why don't you consider adopting? Uh, I, have a, I know of a child that needs adoption from overseas to come to America. So, you know, it's like, what? Uh, how do they choose me? But they knew a lot right. about me, so they did research. I hate to say this, I'm a little bit known. They can Google a lot about Gary Caligas and know a little bit about my family and friends. So uh, this this person, right. whoever, really did some research, but uh, I didn't never responded. And uh, so uh, so yeah, yes, you got to be cautious about those people and, and do make some checks and balances. And what what's the, what's the target? Have you seen an increase in in by beer your lounge and because all of us seniors and boomers and I, I even say the young young people too want to travel more since we're out almost out of COVID. Uh, there's, I have received at least three travel scams, and they look so legitimate. But when you when you investigate a little bit further, and you hear from people that have been already victimized, and luckily they posted information when you Google that particular aspect. I mean, it was amazing. It looked so legitimate. I almost fell for it the first time. But uh, have you seen an increase of those? Um, I haven't looked at travel scams specifically. Um, when it time share request, uh, they're gonna they're gonna let you stay a week or no, and no cost, but right. you have to make you have to attend at least one or two presentations, and they don't tell you yeah. they, they they don't tell you you have to read all the fine print, which you better read it. It's like seven pages in length, and uh, according to this uh, one spam that I researched via the blog, it said. If you don't do the following, you will have to pay the entire amount of that hotel stay at that resort. And that's what a lot wow. of people got 
you know, slammed with several thousands of dollars thinking it was completely free. They pay their own flights there, but that was totally a bogus. And a, a, I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's a term for it, bait and switch or whatever. But that was a serious one. I'm glad I did accept it. I, but it said thousands and thousands uh, across the world have accepted this particular offer. Wow. Yeah, when it comes to um, when it comes to traveling safely, we do have a lot of tips on our website on safetyonline.org. We've got uh, tip sheet on travel safety, things like using public Wi-Fi and um, basic things like that. I'm always amazed there's a number of people that will maybe leave their laptop or their phone in their in their car and leave it in view instead of locking it in in their trunk. A smash and grab when you're out and about, a smash and grab to get your phone or your iPad or your laptop uh, takes nine seconds or less. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's don't just, you're just going to pop into the dry cleaners or something and leave, leave your laptop on the, on the front seat. Uh, these things can happen incredibly quickly. Um, you should always have a pass, some sort of way of locking your device, so whether it's a PIN number or a password or whatever it is, um, make sure your devices are in a, in a locked state. So if somebody does steal your phone, for example, um, I've got facial recognition on mine, there's there's fingerprint or thumbprint, there's PIN numbers, there's all different ways you can uh, secure your devices depending on the device, but you should always, always do that. I know it seems a tiny bit inconvenient when you want to grab that device and use it quickly, but those extra couple of seconds also mean the difference between um, a, somebody, you know, a, a thief being able to get into your device and everything that's on your device um, or not. So that's, that's super important. And we have other travel security tips on our website. So, Lisa, well. Mitch, one other thing that I've had a lot of seniors and readers and, and, and people that I've been involved with, including myself, is I, I take it that more and more applications and more and more uh, requests when I, when you do either banking or even just your ordinary login for certain things, they're asking for two-factor, to set up two-factor verification, whatever it's called, authentication, right? Right. Uh, that you, is it, incredibly important. If people don't do anything else, don't take any other action from, from listening to your show today, the single most important thing you can do is make sure you have multi-factor authentication enabled on all of your accounts. And if you're using a financial services account, like a, a bank that doesn't offer MFA, get another bank, get another financial institution. It is that important. So what that means is basically, in layman's terms, you have to prove you're you in two different ways. That's the multi or two-factor authentication. So it could be something you know, like uh, um, your password, um, and something that you have. Like I have my phone, and I got I can prove that, that I've got, I'm in possession of my phone because I gave you a, a, a PIN number that you texted my phone, or um, I gave you a, a PIN number that you sent to my a code that you sent to my email, for example. So there's lots of different ways to set up multi-factor authentication. It's generally a password plus one more thing. Um, I really like Authenticator app. So a lot of banks make these available to their customers. You install that app on your phone, and they push a notification to your phone through that Authenticator app. So you go to log on to your bank, you put your user ID and password in, and then it pushes the notification to the app on your phone. 
and it just pops up and says, is this, yeah, is this you, yes or no? And you just click yes, and boom, you're, you get into your bank account and off you go. So what this means is, here's, here's the problem. Um, passwords are really important. Having long, complex passwords is a really important thing. And what's happened over the last decade is that password rules have gotten more complicated. In other words, oh, it's got to be 12 digits long, and it's going to have got to have uppercase and lowercase, and it's got to have numbers and letters, and it's got to have special characters. And so we've had to think really hard as human beings to, <laughs> to come up with really long passwords like that that meet all those rules that we can also remember. And so we finally think of one that we can remember, and then what do we do with it? We use it over and over and over again, or we use it over and over again, but we change one digit at the end, for example. Um, the other dynamic at play here is that you've got a whole bunch of user IDs and passwords that have been stolen in data breaches. And so bad guys know that we like to reuse our passwords because we find this whole scenario kind of difficult to deal with. We, the average person has a whole bunch of accounts, and to think of a truly unique password for every one of those accounts is really hard. It's like humanly impossible, if you ask me. So multi-factor authentication means that if that if somebody sitting in Russia or China or North Korea or Iran, which are the, the big four, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, if one of those cyber criminals um, has your user ID and password, they can't get into your account because they don't also have that second factor, that multi-factor to authenticate that, that, that is needed to get into your account. So two pieces of advice today. Use multi-factor authentication on everything. And that means social media accounts, email accounts. Uh, even if it's an account where you think, oh, I don't have anything to lose in there. I don't have anything valuable in there. Is it an account that if that if a, a cyber criminal got access to it, could they use that to defraud somebody else? So it's important to use it on everything. And then try to have long, unique passwords for everything. What that means is probably the best tool to use there is a password manager. Um, I love password managers. They make it super simple to have a unique password for every single account. You install them on your browser, and every time you go to an account, um, it will ask you, do you want to store this in, your, in the password vault? And you just click yes, and it will often tell you if you're using a password that's already for sale on the dark web, which is where cyber criminals go to buy and sell uh, data and guns and drugs and other things. Um, it will tell you if, some, if your password's for sale there, so you can change it. Um, it will tell you if you're using the same password on too many different accounts. Um, these are really handy to use. They make it easy for you to share passwords within your family. So, for example, uh, in order to encourage my kids to use our family password manager, when they went away to college, we changed their Netflix password. And they <laughs> called and said, well, Mom, I need the Netflix password. You changed it. And I said, well, it's in the password manager. Just log on there and you can have it. <laughs> so that meant they had to use it. Oh. So those, are, those are the two biggies. If, if I could get um, everybody to do those two things, use a password manager and use multi-factor authentication, we could make a huge dent in global well, cybercrime. That's, that's some good advice. I, I'm doing uh, most of my accounts. Not all, I'm not on yet. I'm slowly but surely. Uh, but I, I don't have a password manager. I probably need to get one of those. 
that particular aspect. The only thing I want to tell our listeners, it, you generally have to have your phone next to you if you want to get a text or an email that does the two-factor authentication because sometimes uh, you're going to have to run upstairs to where your phone is or right. where you put your phone or... And then you have to, uh, sometimes if you're in an application, you have to pull up your email address to, to, to get your email. So it, sometimes it is burdensome, and uh, I've, that's been there yeah. that for me. But, it, but it's, again, the, as Lisa said, it's safety purposes as well. That's the one thing that people kind of, when multi-factor authentication first came out in wide use a few years ago, there were people that would roll their eyes, oh, I left my phone in the car, or I got to go out to the garage and get it. Um, you can have, in a lot of cases, uh, a, a code sent to your email. So if you have your email open on your laptop or your PC along with whatever account it is you're trying to get in, then, then that would mean you don't have to find your that's phone. That's right. But that's a good point. And, and Gary luckily has an iPhone, so it pops up on his iPhone, so he can see it there. And I don't have to worry about finding my phone, which may be somewhere else in the room or upstairs. So that that's, right. that's pretty convenient as well. So hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Senate Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Miss Lisa Plagmeyer. Plagermeyer with the National Cybersecurity Alliance, and she's giving us some great information on ways to avoid being a victim of cyber scams. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. Sure. So it's been an increasing, it's cyber scams, I think it are increasing exponentially throughout the globe. You, you were mentioning those three primary countries and people doing it, but I. I'm, I'm telling you, they must have a lot of worker bees that are just sitting out there just pondering how to do scams, right? They do. There's, there's, uh, I think the last report I saw, there were something like 200,000 uh, people in the, in the Chinese cyber army. It's, it's wow. definitely a problem. But they're also using technology to be really efficient about it. This isn't one person just trying to hack away into one of your accounts. They're, they're using uh, automation to do these things to make them more effective. And it, it's sad when we have these major data breaches. I mean, people just wash it off when I'm not in there. Well, uh, if you you can go to various websites. I can't remember all the names. I think you have it on your, your resource. It'll tell you. And you put your email address, and you can see, you can see if it's been breached or you can put other information about your that may be in that database at uh, Target. Mine was at Target, and uh, I, I changed my Target account number and Target all that stuff at Target because they, you know, luckily Mr. Target sent it to me as well. But uh, I wanted to see for sure it was in that system. So it's important that you be a little bit proactive, right? Yeah, there's, you're, I think you're referring to a website called Have I Been Toned, which is Have I Been, and then P-W-N-E-D. And if you put your uh, email address into Have I Been Toned, it will tell you how many breaches uh, your information has been. So mention that again to our listeners. It's Have I Been Toned. So Pwned is the security slang for I own you, right? I've, I've Pwned is P-O-N-E? 
No, it's P W N E D. So have I been P W N E D? Okay. P W. Have I been pwned dot com? Okay. Have I been pwned dot com? That's a that's a good one, everyone. That you should try to check, checking especially in previous major data breaches. We don't know how many other minor data breaches, but eventually gets on the whatever it's called the the, the bad the bad website that uh, the you, dark may, web. you may yeah. be a victim. And I I did get some interesting things, uh, and they were related to that as well. So. Uh, what about individuals that may have their own websites? Either small businesses, seniors or boomers that have small businesses. They started up and they, they, they have this fantastic website and, you know, they accept money and they accept uh, other particular aspects. Should, should they be more diligent, too, about cyber scams going into their websites and have make sure yeah. they have firewalls and things like that? Right, and it's really important to um, have a, a service that that patches your website, updates your website on a regular basis. So a lot of websites are, are built using content management systems like WordPress, and um, there's bad guys hacking away <laughs> day and night trying to find vulnerabilities in the code that's, that, that's in those websites and in those content management systems. And so um, patches are generally issued to those vulnerabilities, meaning code that fixes the code that made the site vulnerable. If that makes if that if that makes sense to your listeners, um, those those are being discovered constantly. Those vulnerabilities are being discovered constantly, and then those patches are being written to patch the vulnerability. So particularly if you are you have an e-commerce site, right? People right. can enter a credit card um, to purchase something from you. It's really, really important. And just protecting your database of customers, right? If, if people create accounts on your site, right. um, to protect your customers' data, you really need to be doing business with um, a company that maintains the security of your of your website. Um, that could be an IT services company. It could be the, the company that um, that you use to host and manage your website. Um, it could be a managed security services provider, an MSFT. Um, those folks are, are good at doing that as well, but it's getting harder and harder to, um, to, to just kind of spin up a site on your own and, and keep up with all that. Well, it's well, such a highly specialized thing. Well, Lisa, the other thing, we've had our website for 22 years now. We've been around a while. And, uh, yes, each and every day we get people trying to get into our system, though we don't have a lot of, I, I didn't think worth, but according to my experts and my son who's a computer uh, expert as well, saying that people want to get into my system and my servers to use it as a slave. So it, that, you said that's why they keep trying. And uh, yeah. you know, luckily we have systems, and it used to tell me, you know, the thousands that send me, this person tried the 10 attempts, failed. He's been His IP address is deleted forever. My only question of you and others, how many freaking email, how many freaking IP addresses could there be in the world? It must be infinite number. Because I, it feels infinite to me, yeah. And the, and the bad guys will um, bounce around so that it's hard to find them. So just blocking one, I, it, it's really, cybersecurity professionals have a, have a joke that we make all the time that we're just playing whack-a-mole, <laughs> right? You, you, you might delete, block that one IP address and then another one just, you know. Pops, pops up, pops up, 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 up,
Well, thank you again for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. That was very fascinating. I think we learned a lot, and hopefully we're gonna, but we're not gonna be all of us out there aren't gonna be victims of cyber scams in the future. And hopefully, uh, uh, your advice and other people's advice. But I will uh, ad- advise my listeners out there. They have a fabulous website. Say stay safe online.org again that's staysafeonline.org and they have a ton of resource information and other places and both tips and uh, it's a really fabulous website so I compliment you and and your you. alliance for giving all of us free access to this valuable tool on your on your site as well so best wishes continue out there helping us seniors boomers and everyone in the area and the world to have better opportunities with the internet and cyber and all that particular systems. Thank you for having me. We're happy to help. Have a great day. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. Make sure you join us next Saturday morning for news that you can use and information that you might need. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the Best of Times magazine at one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.